Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Many insurers waived cost-sharing for COVID-19 hospitalizations during 2020. Nonetheless, patients may have been billed if their plans did not implement waivers or if waivers did not capture all hospitalization-related care, including clinician services. Recently, a group of researchers assessed out-of-pocket spending for COVID-19 hospitalizations in 2020 in an effort to understand the financial burden patients may face if insurers allow waivers to expire, as many chose to do during early 2021. Today, I am joined by Dr. Cal Ping Chua, lead researcher of this study. Dr. Chua is a general pediatrician and health services researcher in the Department of Pediatrics and the Susan B. Meister Child Health Evaluation and Research Center at the University of Michigan. Dr. Chua, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. We're certainly interested in this research uh, as a, we look at, at the uh, impacts of COVID going forward. Why don't you start out by telling us why you initiated the study and what you were looking for? So as you alluded to in your introduction, um, most private insurers and Medicare Advantage insurers, uh, insurers did not charge patients um, for COVID hospitalizations in, during 2020. But starting in early 2021, uh, many national insurers started to abandon this policy, including United Health, Anthem, and uh, several Blue Cross Blue Shield affiliates. Um, the main objective of our study was to um, estimate what patients might pay now for COVID hospitalization if their insurer has let its cost share uh, waiver expire. And our secondary objective was to assess the degree to which uh, patients may might face cost sharing for other hospital-related services, even if they, uh, for, for example, um, the ambulance ride or doctor spills for seeing patients in the hospital, even if their insurer supposedly covered the costs of services billed uh, by the hospital itself. Okay, and how did you go about conducting the research, and what were your major findings? So we used a national claims database representing private insurance and Medicare Advantage plans from across the U.S., and we identified um, about 4,000 COVID hospitalizations between March and September 2020 uh, and uh, looked at all of the claims that were associated with those hospitalizations. And so we, we, it turns out we were able to identify a small group of hospitalizations in which patients were billed for hospital services like room and board charges, which implied that their plan did not waive cost sharing for COVID hospitalizations. And among the privately insured patients in this small group, the mean out-of-pocket spending across all hospitalization-related services was $3,800 uh, compared with $1,500 for Medicare Advantage patients. And I think this really uh, suggests that the amount patients could pay in 2021 for a COVID hospitalization could be quite substantial without a cost-sharing waiver. We also found that uh, the vast majority of patients in our study appeared to be covered by an insurer cost-sharing waiver cost-sharing waiver as suggested by the fact that they weren't billed for services provided the hospital like room and board charges. But despite this, uh, we found that uh, 7 in 10 privately insured patients and about half of Medicare Advantage patients um, received a bill for at, le for, um, at least one hospital rela hospitalization-related service, whether it was billed by 
uh, an ambulance provider or a clinician. Uh, some of the service, uh, some of the services that most commonly resulted in the bill were things like ambulance transport and clinician bills for inpatient evaluation and management. In other words, um, the charge for a doctor to come see you um, and do rounds and manage you in the hospital. And what this suggests is that um, some of the insurer cost-sharing waivers only applied to selected service for, to services, for example, those built by the hospital, and didn't necessarily capture all hospital, hospitalization-related costs. Um, it's also possible that, that waivers were actually supposed to be uh, comprehensive in scope, but that there was some sort of implementation problem. Uh, for example, perhaps there was some sort of coding issue. Uh, or, uh, for example, a, uh, the wrong diagnosis code was submitted by the, the, the clinician or the hospital, which resulted in the patient receiving an erroneous bill. So what do you think this means for healthcare policy moving forward? So my main concern um, is that patients with serious COVID-19 symptoms will delay going into the hospital due to concerns about cost. And that, unfortunately, um, could increase their risk of complications and even death. I think it's important to remember that even though uh, COVID hospitalization numbers are declining right now, there are still about 15,000 Americans currently hospitalized for COVID, and about 2,000 people are newly hospitalized per day. And I also think it's important to remember that in the fall, uh, many fear that hospitalization numbers could surge again because of the emergence of variants, um, incomplete vaccination rates, and the relaxation of social distancing measures. Um, so given all of that, I do think it's uh, premature uh, to stop protecting patients from the cost of COVID hospitalization. Um, I don't think that uh, insurers are going to relent and reinstate their waivers uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, first, I don't because because hospitalization numbers are improving rapidly. Um, there really hasn't been that much PR blowback um, for letting the waivers waivers expire. Uh, and the other uh, thing to remember is that insurers are probably projecting that their healthcare spending uh, levels are going to be close to or even above uh, the pre-pandemic baselines. So there's a lot less motivation for them to waive cost sharing for COVID hospitalizations in order to meet uh, minimum loss ratio requirements. Um, whereas in 2020, when spending and utilization le levels were so low, um, actually waiving cost sharing for COVID hospitalizations actually got them closer to that minimum uh, loss ratio requirement. And so to me, this brings up the question about whether um, the, the federal government um, may want to step in and pass legislation requiring insurers to cover all costs related to COVID hospitalization during the pandemic, including bills from doctors and ambulance providers, much in the same way that uh, the federal government currently requires insurers to um, cover all costs related to COVID testing and vaccination. There was actually a provision uh, like uh like this included in the HEROES Act of 2020, which passed the House but not the Senate. And I think one of the factors that worked against that provision was, was the fact that so many insurers uh, voluntarily waived cost sharing for COVID hospitalizations during 2020. However, now that many, so many of these waivers have expired, I do think that federal action uh, needs to be reconsidered. I would also like to point out that um, we did another study recently uh, that, I, that in my mind adds further impetus for federal action. So using the same database, um, we identified about 1,500 privately insured and Medicare Advantage patients who were hospitalized for COVID between March and June 2020. And we found that in the 90 days after discharge from hospitalization, one in 14 privately insured patients and one in 10 Medicare Advantage patients paid more than $2,000 out of pocket for post-discharge healthcare. And the fact that post-discharge healthcare 
is so costly for, for patients, for some patients, heightens the importance of at least protecting them from the cost of the, the hospitalization itself. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an important point because there is time after the hospitalization where care is needed, and we can't forget about that either. Yes. Um, you know, uh, after hospitalizations, uh, many patients have to be um, uh, maybe go to a nursing facility or they or they be, they're just readmitted to the hospital. Um, and even if those things don't occur, there's uh, prescription drugs, uh, there's medical equipment, uh, there's durable medical equipment, oxygen, uh, outpatient visits, um, all sorts of uh, physical therapy. There's all sorts of different things that people may need in that uh, immediate post-hospitalization uh, period. Well, Dr. Chua, thank you for taking a look at this um, very important information. If someone wanted to read the detail of these studies, where can they go? So um, the COVID hospitalization study is posted online at MedArchive, M-E-D-R-X-I-V, which is a pre-print uh, server. And if you search for the title, Out-of-Pocket Spending for COVID hospital- COVID-19 Hospitalizations During 2020, it should come up immediately. Uh, we also submitted th- that paper to a peer-reviewed journal and are hopeful that publication will occur in the near future. The other study that I just mentioned uh, uh, on um, post-discharge out-of-pocket spending uh, was also recently posted online to the same preprint server, MedArchive. And that one is entitled Out-of-Pocket Spending Within 90 Days of COVID-19 uh, Hospitalization. Dr. Cal Ping Chua, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thank you. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.